A few weeks ago, I had to change the smoke detector, the location of the smoke detector in uh, my rental house because my new renters bake a lot of granola. And apparently, the smoke detector was just going off nonstop and always when the baby was trying to sleep. And so they say your smoke detectors are, going to be, are supposed to be no closer than 10 feet from a stove, and so we were probably a little too close. And so I moved the location of the smoke detector, and now they could bake their granola, and we, I have heard no complaints. Today we are talking about anger, and some people are like that smoke detector. They have a short fuse, right? They're very sensitive, and they're going off all the time, creating chaos. And so I'm hoping that uh, God, I believe that God wants to move some of us today, right? So that we, uh, we can become a little less angry. We're studying the book of Proverbs, and the title of the series is Foolproof. God wants to foolproof our lives. Uh, foolishness leads to dishonor and death, and wisdom leads to honor and to life. God wants us to have the abundant life. And so he's trying to foolproof our lives. And one of the things that Proverbs says is that wise people are slow to anger. A characteristic of wise people is that they are slow to anger, and a characteristic of foolish people is that they are quick-tempered. Proverbs 14, 29. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding. But he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. So the question I want us to grapple with this morning is, you know, what makes wise people slow to anger? And it's not because they have red hair. Or don't have red hair, I should say. Uh, Some people, sometimes we think, well, the people who are slow to anger, it's just, it's because of their natural temperament, right? And, uh, but if you're Italian or Latino, you're going, you know, you've got a fiery temperament. And that's not what the Bible says. Otherwise, if you had red hair or you come, came from, you had certain, you know, blood running through you, you would be, not be able to be wise. So why, why are, uh, why, what makes wise people slow to get angry? Because if we can learn those secrets, it can revolutionize our lives as it relates to anger. And so I see uh, in Proverbs four, four reasons wise people are slow to anger. And the first is this. The wise have control of their own spirits. In Proverbs twenty nine eleven, we read this. A fool gives full vent to his spirit but a wise man quietly holds it back. Okay, think about that. Uh, a fool gives full vent to his spirit. And so uh, our spirit, another, you might say our emotions, right? And so a, a, a foolish person just, they let whatever the emotion of the moment is have full expression. And if I'm starting to get angry, I just let that anger take control of me and I give it full vent. But the wise person quietly holds it back. I find it incredibly empowering 
to know that we are not victims of our emotions. We have control of our own spirits. God has given us control of our spirit. Now, some people uh, use that control to suppress all emotion. And then their life looks like a desert. And there's no life there. Uh, If you look at Christ, our Lord Jesus was emotional. I mean, he, he expressed the full gamut of human emotions. He wasn't a stoic. So we don't want to so suppress our emotions that we look like a desert. On the other hand, uh, foolish people give full vent to their emotions. They just let whatever their spirit is feeling, they just let it go, and then their life looks like a jungle. And it's wild and uh, chaotic and dangerous. But what the wise person does is manage his or her emotions uh, in a way that is healthy and honors God, and so it looks like a cultivated garden. That's what we want. We have, uh, we can have control of our spirit, and I find that very empowering. Think about the dog whisperer. I, by the way, I'm a dog owner who does not have control of his dog. I have an amazingly fun dog uh, who knows exactly what it means to come, but does it sometimes. And most, you know, very often does not do that. But the dog whisperer comes into people's homes, people like myself, who have no control of their, of their dogs, and within minutes, the dog, he's the master, right? And then the dog is obeying. And so... This amazes many people, many dog owners who think, uh, there's no way I can get control over my dog. And yet the dog whisper demonstrates it's absolutely possible. And so it is with our spirits, right? Sometimes we think, there's no way I can get control of my anger. But yes, you can. And so if that's true, with with, uh, ability comes responsibility. And so if it's true that we can control our spirit, then we have a responsibility to control our spirit. We are therefore responsible for, you know, what our anger, uh, the destruction that our anger causes. Okay, so number one, wise people are slow to anger because they control their spirit. Number two, they are um, slow to anger because they recognize anger's danger. They recognize anger's danger. Uh, A woman came to Billy Sunday, the famous evangelist, and she said, you know what, my my angry outbursts are okay. It's not that big of a deal. I just just kind of let it out, and then it's over. And Billy Sunday said, yeah, sounds like a shotgun. Goes off, but look at the destruction it leaves behind. And wise people understand that if you give full vent to your angry spirit, uh, it has great power to destroy. It's very destructive. Proverbs 22, uh, 24, and 25. Whoops, I skipped one. Proverbs 22, 29, 22. A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. One given to anger causes much transgression. I have here a picture 
of the only time in my life I've ever lost my temper. Just kidding. But I did choose something that happened prior to planting the church. <laughs> Never lost my temper since then. But it was very, very soon before we planted the church. And I, Sabrina and I were, were uh, not seeing eye to eye on something. And I was so frustrated. And I gave, I, I gave full vent to my anger. And I took my glass and threw it into the wall. And it, you know, it damaged the sheetrock. And then I sat there thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to now clean up the shards of glass. Sabrina didn't offer to do that. And then, <laughs> then I had to go patch the wall. I did that pretty quick, faster than I normally do house projects because it embarrassed me. So by no means is this the only time. But you know what I'm talking about. How, many, how much chaos and destruction have, have you caused because you have given you know, full vent to your anger. You've allowed yourself to get, you know, possessed, controlled. And the scripture said we're not to be allow anything except for the Spirit of God to have control. So wise people recognize, uh, I'm going to probably go in very unhealthy places. I'm going to say things and do things I wouldn't otherwise do if I give in to this anger. And so there's a healthy fear uh, of anger's... uh, where anger leads, that causes wise people to, to be slow to get angry. They're very cautious. The fact is, when, when we are under the influence of our anger, uh, the, the evil one has a lot easier time hooking us and taking us places that are not good. And so let that, you know, let a, a healthy fear of your anger um, set in, and, and cause you to think, ooh, I don't want to give into that too quickly. Proverbs 22, 24, 25. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Uh, I was talking to a... A friend of mine who who had married an angry man and she told me and they've been married now for probably 10 years and she was sharing with me that uh, fortunately they actually went and got some really good counseling recently but she was sharing with me that she had noticed she had picked up his angry habits she had become an angry person and it surprised her and distressed her Make no friendship with a man given to anger, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Anger takes you places you don't want to go. So the wise are, are, the wise are slow to, to anger because, uh, number one, they have control of their spirits. Number two, they recognize anger's danger. And number three, they're always diagnosing their anger. Proverbs uh, 19.11 Good sense makes one slow to anger. So a doctor, before you treat something, a doctor is always diagnosing. Why? And so wise people are always asking, before they give vent to their anger, why am I angry? That is an incredibly important question. Why am I angry? Because not all anger is uh, righteous and coming from a good source and legitimate. Benjamin Franklin said, anger always has a reason. And very 
Rarely is it legitimate. Genesis chapter 4. Cain is angry with his brother Abel. He has, uh, he's, and he murders him, right? But before he murders him, God intervenes. And in Genesis chapter 4, verse 6, we read this. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. That is, this is a passage to think about if you're somebody who um, struggles to control your anger. You must rule over it. There's God saying you have a responsibility to, to rule your spirit. Why are you angry? Think about it, Cain. Why, why is it that you're angry with Abel? Well, the reason Cain was uh, angry with Abel is because God was accepting Abel's sacrifices and not his own. And so Abel wasn't the problem. The problem was Cain's not doing what's right. And so that's what God points out to him. If you do well, will you not be accepted? You're upset that your sacrifices aren't being accepted by me? Well, change your behavior. You're, you're angry at, at Abel, but the real issue is you're not living right with me. So get right with me, and all of a sudden I'll accept your uh, sacrifices. So one of the things that so often happens when we diagnose our anger and we ask, why am I angry, is we find that at the root of it is something that's not legit. Three sources, common sources of anger that's not legit. Selfishness, uh, perfectionistic demands, either for myself or for other people. Suspiciousness, assuming uh, intentions or motivations on, other, uh, on behalf of other people. And so, so often when I diagnose my anger, I realize that at the root of my anger is a lack of faith. <laughs> And so, I really shouldn't be angry. There's probably a, a, something else I should be doing. Jonah. God sent Jonah to preach. Uh, destruction is coming upon Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to go. Remember, he got swallowed by a whale. And, but eventually, he complied. And he said, you know... He didn't hold out any hope. He just said, 40 days, God's going to destroy you. Nineveh repents, and Jonah is mad as a hornet. He's so upset that God has spared Nineveh. And so we come to Jonah chapter 4, verse 9. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And actually, he'd, uh, in, in verse 4, he'd ask the same question. The Lord said when Jonah was so upset that God had spared Nineveh. Do you do well to be angry, Jonah? And now, it's, now he's mad that the plant that was uh, giving him shade had died. Do you do well to be angry? So here's God saying, you're angry. Think about why you're angry. And is it legitimate for you to be angry? And if Jonah says, and, yes, I do well to be angry. Angry enough to die. So he certainly self-justified his anger, right? Yes, my anger is righteous. Was his anger, anger righteous? Absolutely not. And so well, that's a possibility too, is that we can, we can feel pretty justified in our anger. 
when it's not justified at all. Well, sometimes our anger is just, right? Because uh, somebody has truly done us wrong or there is truly wickedness in the world and so we're responding to, I'm seeing bad done, brokenness in my world. And so the anger is legit. Well, what do you do then? Uh, Really quickly, three things to do when your anger is justified. Number one, you have to make a decision. Am I going to overlook this? And that's legitimate. Proverbs talks about that. Am I going to overlook it or am I going to confront it or address it in a constructive way? And so if somebody has done something wrong to you, uh, it's okay for you to go and, and speak the truth in love, challenge them to change so that they're healthier and this doesn't happen again. Or you can simply say, you know what? Uh, I am going to overlook that. And there it says, I think it's also, yeah, 22, I'm sorry, 19, 11. It, it, good sense makes one slow to anger. It is his glory to overlook an offense. You know, people hurt us. We can, we can make a choice. It's to our glory. It's actually, uh, it's, it makes us shine to say, you know what, I'm just going to let that one slide. Or we can confront it in a healthy way. Number two, uh, when your anger is legitimate, you're not allowed to exact vengeance or to punish. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, uh, Romans chapter 12. I will repay. It's not, that's not your responsibility. I, I, don't, I don't authorize you to go punish people who do wrong in the world. Unless you're a government official, right? Unless God has granted that to you. You're a parent, and then you you do have authority from God to discipline your children. uh, Or if you're a government official, God entrusts you with um, punishing wickedness. But for most of us, uh, I've searched the Bible over, and nowhere has God told me I'm allowed to punish Sabrina for when she offends me. Even though Chris and I have studied that particular topic. But... It's not there, right? God has not authorized us to exact vengeance or to punish. And and thirdly, the Bible is very specific. We we have one day to get it done. (laughs) So, uh, do not let the sun go down upon your wrath, Ephesians chapter 4. And that's not a metaphor. I think that's very specific. God is saying, you know, you can either choose to overlook the offense or you can choose to, you know, confront it. But the anger, you've got to let that go within one day. <laughs> you know, get yourself under control and do it quickly. Which means, uh, if you are right now angry about something that's been done to you in the past, you might still be uh, seeking redress for it, you might still be trying to uh, constructively address it, but the, that spirit of anger needs to be under control. So wise people are slow to anger, uh, number one, because they control their spirits, uh, number two, because they recognize the danger in anger, number three, because they diagnose the anger, and finally, because they prioritize uh, peace and unity in their relationships. Proverbs fifteen eighteen. 
A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Wise people understand, if I give full vent to my uh, anger, it's going to create chaos around me. It's, gonna cr- it's going to disturb my relationships. It's going to create strife in my family, at work. And so I don't want that. I, God calls us to be peacemakers. I want to live in harmony. And so Proverbs 23 says this, It is an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife, but every fool will be quarreling. So Proverbs, God says, I consider it honorable when you control your anger and you choose not to you choose to uh, not vent that for the sake of peace and unity in your relationships. That's a beautiful thing. That's a good thing. That honors God. And so how much chaos is in your life because you're quick-tempered? The Bible says that's foolish. And, and you're not... You're not winning in life if that's the case. And so he calls us to be, uh, to be slow-tempered. A story and then I'll conclude. Um, love this. Abraham Lincoln, when he was president, the, um, Mr. Stanton was Secretary of War. And Mr. Stanton was very angry. He was riled because uh, an army officer was accusing him of... Uh, favoritism. And so he goes to President Lincoln and he's like, can you believe this? President Lincoln said, I, I really, I recommend that you write a letter, a very pointed, strong letter to this officer. And so Secretary of War Stanton thought that's a great idea. Sat down and he, he gives it to this guy in the letter and he brings it to President Lincoln and he said, I've written the letter. And the president said, what are you going to do with it? Well, I'm going to send it. President Lincoln said, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you should burn it. And then sit down and write a second letter. And that apparently was uh, President Lincoln's personal practice. But he was mad at somebody. He would sit down and he would write him that emotional letter. And they would burn it and write a second letter in which reflected a, control, a controlled spirit. And he did that. Uh, because he knows that's wise. Let me go back to the smoke alarm illustration. God gave us our emotions. And, and when, we, when we feel that anger coming on, that's a God-given response to the brokenness in the world. Uh, it's, it's God's smoke alarm that alerts us to something is wrong. Uh, my, my desire for control, which is a, which is a God-given desire, and, and for things to, you know, for people to treat me right, and for the world to run uh, a certain way, and for there to be justice, that's on fire. And so you, you don't want to turn a blind eye to that, but it's an opportunity to, um, it's an opportunity to evaluate what's going on. And so, 
you go look. You look for the smoke. You look for the fire. And then you deal with that fire in a, in a healthy way. You don't let it get out of control in your life and start creating all kinds of disaster.